Headley. The Bobbert and Podcast Show sponsor. Kinky, so kinky, because he gives, we can fly. Are you munching on ice? Mm-hmm. Like, is it that good crushy <laughs> ice? Like, okay, let's let's talk ice. No, because there's, it's there's, just ice. There's cube ice crunching, which is like not cool. But then there's that like crushy shredded ice stuff that chewing on that is like crack. No, it's well, just it's regular chunks of ice that I, I then stick into my giant maw and just start crushing it. In your giant maw, like you just open up a hatch, like an ice shredding, like a snow cone machine. Uh, is that <laughs> Kathy's face is now a snow cone machine? Go ahead. Exactly, For yeah. our listeners, give our listeners a good ice crush. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting my cup down now. I, I don't know Let's, why that gave me so much joy. <laughs> Let's be professional and actually what? do a professional show, Boogie. What? <laughs> I know. Oh, God damn it. Fine. That means we have to start the show. The following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four. Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. Perverted Crunching Eskimos, god damn it! Hello and welcome to Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and perversion. Recording through Zencaster this evening at 6 p.m. instead of 8 because Boogie is a whiny little bitch. I'm Kathy. What? <laughs> I, I trusted you. <laughs> I am Count Boogie, the whiny little bitch that doesn't want to record at 11 p.m. because it's more convenient for Kathy at 8 p.m. her time me, 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 so me, she can me. eat dinner and, like, relax after a long day of work. <laughs> me, me, me. We are now arguing like children in front of the listeners. I swear to God, our listeners are like, I will pull this show over and separate you two right now. They so do not. They they love watching the train wreck that is this show. <laughs> no, they don't. They're going to yes. pull over the show, Kathy, so you better stand correct. Wow, I have to up my game, huh? I think we both have to up our game. Oh, there is a fucked. lot um there's a lot of fun fun stuff coming in this show. It's going to get a little silly and uh some of the topics that we're going to get in for sure. But I just want to say, Kathy, I have had a new epiphany and a new revelation. You know, normally when someone says that to me, I'm like very interested. But, you know, over the years, Boogie, you've said that to me so many times, it has lost its luster. Well, I didn't say I was going to change your fucking life, Kathy. I just (laughs) said I had an epiphany. You know, maybe you just, you know, have a little high expectations of me that somehow well, my words are going to grace you with some sort of elation and it's joy. Kind of no, expected in the word epiphany, you know. No, epiphany just means I I I had an awareness that I didn't I didn't have. Oh, there's no right. trumpets. There's surely none for me. 
But it Quit was your a good whining, epiphany. little girl, and just tell me what it is. Shut up! I'm a little boy! <laughs> a good little boy. Shut up and crush your ice, Eskimo tits. Listen, here's the epiphany, and it came okay. about by force. This was not my choice. This was absolutely not, because I'm kind of a guest here, you know, so I... You know, they watch their own TV shows in the main room and I hide in my cave, you know, and I work mm-hmm. on the show and come up with things. And then I come out and I want to be social, but they're watching things. And it's like because there's a fucking kid and it's like, you know, Disney did like all it's like saved by the bell minus 13 brain cells. Mm-hmm. Like that's every show they watch. And then every now, you know, we watch Moana like literally every other night. So, uh, you know, it's a lot of Disney and Pixar and stuff like that. And some of it's cool. Some of it's real mind draining. And then every now and again, Leah, just so we can feel better about ourselves, will put on like a shitty reality show. And then we watch it and you get very angry watching these things. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because they're super highly produced. They only pick the biggest train wrecks to be on the show and then the biggest train wrecks that the producers the big team of producers can kind of manipulate into the story that they want to tell with the train wreck that is the life of all the people on the reality show right. and that's in a nutshell every reality show that's ever been been taped right this one Kathy made me realize the epiphany was that you Kathy at age 54 and I, Boogie, at age 52, have got it all wrong about our level of wealth. What? We have been wrong. Wrong in our point of view. Because you and I, Kathy, are rich. We are so rich, Kathy. We are, we are rich like freaking kings. We are rich. How do you figure this? Because I watched a show called 90 Day Fiance. And I tried not to. I I would literally get up and go, I can't do this. This is so awful. 90 Day Fiance was basically six train wreck guys or five train wreck guys and one train wreck girl that all went to other countries to basically get a mail order bride. And bring them home, and they had 90 days on camera to either develop true love or the person goes home to their home country. Why have I never heard of this? I, Kathy, <laughs> I'm telling you, other than the epiphany, it was bad. Wow. Like bad, 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 bad. So bad. And I'm like, can we please just watch fucking Lilo and Stitch or something, please? So the whole premise of the show is basically people that are so kind of awkward and fucked up that they can't have a real relationship. They don't know how to communicate with someone. So they went on to like international online dating sites and whatever. And of course, your first response is this is a green card scam. The people in the other countries are trying to get to America so they can get a green card, blah, 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 blah. Which in a lot of cases, it seems like that was probably true. And it wasn't so much the disaster of these awkward relationships and their stupid petty fights and their complete lack of communication. 
And then the families come in, these giant families from all these places around the country. And it's just, Kathy, you and I Mm -hmm. avoided that. I see where you're going with this. Because now I'm in like small town Texas. It's all, everything's just family and everyone's petty fucking drama. And this person did this and gossip. and, And that's how it is. That's how it is in so many families that that it's like, oh, we got to get married. And then it's you got to punch the clock so you can be a good little sheep. And I don't know, maybe I'm sounding completely snobby and self-righteous, but I feel so grateful that I dodged that bullet. So you're saying that we because we escaped that uh, we should consider ourselves fortunate. Yes, rich. Right. Brilliantly rich. And I'm not telling and and out of all the couples, there was this one guy that was from I don't know, from like Texas or whatever, and then the girl was from South Africa. They seemed pretty legit and they communicated pretty well. And she was really on top of her game. So it didn't seem green cardy. They you know, that okay. Out of the six, that one looked pretty good. And the rest were just, you know, lies and kind of weirdness and awkward. And, oh, my God, this is – I am so glad. I mean, there's so many times where I feel like I missed out on so much in life. But being in a small town where everything is about family and, you know, family is the main focus. And I'm not saying, you know, it's bad to have family or whatever, but you have to be around – you know, maybe you got two or three people in your family that you're like, I like this aunt. Or I like this cousin, or I get along good with this parent, or whatever. But these other 59 fucking people I would never talk to if my life depended on it. But I have to talk to them every month because they're family, quote unquote. Yeah. And then when you get married, you double that. Right. Well, I can't I can't say that that life ever appealed to me. I knew from a very early age I never wanted to get married and I never wanted to have kids. And I jettisoned so much of my family from my life because I didn't I didn't see any reason why I should be hanging out with people that I whose company I didn't enjoy. And so I I don't feel that I dodged a bullet. I feel like I I was pretty clear on that from the beginning. I think I Having been raised by my mom, I, that that was one really great gift she gave me was that just fuck everybody else and don't do what do what you want, not what's expected of you. Which I think we're going to get into into some of these topics. And then, of course, this last nine minutes of ranting, I realized that maybe I just completely offended and insulted like America and people and everyone that is married. Yeah, I mean, naturally, you're always going to offend somebody when you're not. You don't want their lifestyle, you know, and that, yeah. you know, we get easily offended. So, yeah, you're right. You probably pissed off a good chunk of our listener. Way to go, Boogie. Well, you know. Way to go. I'm a lone wolf, Kathy. Is that what you call it? I got a roam. <laughs> That's me. Got a big L right on my chest like Laverne, but it's lone wolf. Anything happen with you, Kathy? I'm in a weird okay. place. Sorry. You are. You're like, oh, I forgot there's somebody else on the show. <laughs> yes, yes, you. <laughs> I unfortunately I've really not a lot to uh, contribute because I hurt my leg a little over the weekend, so there was no kinky fun. <sighs> there was uh, just a regular weekend. I'm all man. What what a 
am I just a regular domestic partner here with uh, hanging out and doing dishes? This is bullshit, man. That's that 90 day fiance bullshit. Yeah, what the hell, like Kathy? Too much. Well, you he know was what? Nice. I hurt myself and he didn't want to hurt me further. So he's, you know, whatever. Well, couldn't, couldn't he have just fingered you or something? He doesn't finger me. That's not. He oh, had. I, how many times do I have to tell you he has no interest in my vagina other than to stick his dick in it? That's it. <laughs> you got to stop all that crazy salsa dancing strip club shit that you do. I'm actually not going to tell you what I did to her, my leg, because all I'm going to get is judgy judginess from you. <laughs> oh, come on. Come no. on. Come no. on. The l- no. Fed life is the place where unicorns play, but then they fuck each other in the ass with their horns because that's the kind of freaky shit that happens on Fed Life. But then they fuck each other in the ass with their horns because that's the kind of freaky shit that happens on Fed Life. I, I feel like I'm Adam Sandler when I sing that. For your peace of mind, please know that the author of every post we talk about has specifically granted us permission to do so. This week we have a returning author, Zara180 was let us use her uh, post before. Thank you very much. And she wrote something called Come Spit and Other Icky, The Yumminess of Grossness. In which she oh says... Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be good, Boogie. It's going to be real good. <laughs> Let's dig in. She says, I remember taking a shower when he walked in, sat on the toilet, and pooped. <laughs> The shower curtain was clear so I could see him and vice versa. We talked about whatever and I duly noted that he was shitting right there in front of me. I thought, wow, we're doing this now. (laughs) And you know what? I kind of loved it. Now, I'm not going to sing the praises of scat. Not my thing. In fact, it's a hard limit. But what I loved about that moment was the openness, his utter lack of shame. As someone who has been burdened with a tremendous amount of shame, This is absolutely amazing to me. Now, I never pooped in front of him, but I certainly peed in front of him, and often. He reminded me as he lounged in the bathtub watching, I lick where you pee. Don't use the other bathroom. Pee in front of me. (laughs) (laughs) Then there was the one time that he inspected my armpits for ingrown hairs, and another time that we were fucking and I had my period. I even had a lover who wanted me to spit in him, and another who spat on me. Then, of course, there is cum. I love it. I want it in me and on me. I want to massage it into my body and lick it off of a cock or wherever it may land. I don't even have qualms about my own cum. Why, I just licked my fingers after masturbating just the other day, and that was fucking awesome. Am I gross? Am I just wanton and incorrigible? Or maybe just maybe I revel in this freedom. Because after being restrained for years by the idea of what a proper lady does and does not do, I really love giving that burdening repression a hearty fuck you. Clap, clap, clap. (laughs) Clap, bravo. I want to dance around. (laughs) Everyone wants to dance around, spitting fluids all over the place. Just just like this spinning human whirly bird of of grossness. Uh, (laughs) I had many thoughts about this, uh, many thoughts that went far beyond the freedom that you have in front of your partner when you just are able to pee and fart and poop. But just to go back to the pee and fart and poop first, 
It really is true. I mean, I'm sure you can remember just like I can remember being much younger and the horror, the horror of being on a date or being with a new partner that you're all in lovey-dovey land with and you want to present this perfect human that would never fart or burp or have some sort of human thing occur and the you know being on a date and literally having like a gas ball eat up like half of your body in cramps and you're looking for some excuse to be able to let it out. and just that pressure was insane oh yeah that pressure to not be and then when all of a sudden you finally get to a point in your life and some people have still never gotten to it i've met lots of them to where you're like i am a human being and human beings are gross and messy and there's fluids and smells and some of them aren't pretty and fortunate you are if you are somebody that's very into odors and and stuff like that because it's you have a heyday you have a heyday of smells from every human being but how glorious the day that you not only accept that for yourself but with your partner and you help them feel that these are not things that make me judge you as a person because it would be ridiculous because part of being a person is that you accept that they are human and that means you fart. Right. Now, I mean, I can understand how uh, not everyone, someone can appreciate it while not necessarily reveling in it, you know? So sure. when, when we were younger and, and my parents were uh, still married you know, my dad was not a bad person. He was just uh, non-existent. I mean, he never hit us. He never beat us. He he would just, he may as well not have been there. So when my parents finally, but but he was, he had, he comes from a background, uh, it's a Latin American background, and it's, it's rather oppressive. Right. I didn't, I never liked having that at male oppressive male attitude in the house it was him his and or his brother or his, their father who was always uh, kind of by default running the energy of that whole family into the ground and the house just permeated that oppressive attitude and i absolutely hated it and i can remember just barely being 12 years old when they divorced and suddenly it was as if this cloud lifted and the house became this just amazing place to be in where my mom, who was a single working mom and she was independent and she'd gotten her newfound freedom and she was going out dating and having her friends come over and, all, and suddenly the house was just filled with women. It was my aunt and my other aunt and her friends and, and my friends coming over. And it was so suddenly so common for somebody to be sitting on the toilet having a conversation with someone else standing out in the hallway. It just didn't matter because it was all women. We didn't have to hide anything anymore. And so I understand that kind of freedom that comes from saying fuck you to society and everything that you've been uh, expected to do. Um, I, I'm not like her in that I would be okay with someone taking a dump in front of me because 
I find the the smell so offensive that no amount of hey that's cool he's pooping in front of me is going to make me be okay with it. But now I this is this is, I think that's important to to point out that it doesn't mean that there's not a time and a place for certain things. It doesn't mean that oh my god I'm so free I'm going to fart and I have rank yeah. reeky farts and I'm going to ruin everyone's dinner at the meal because you know I'm having bad gas that day or. Or something like that. It also doesn't excuse poor hygiene. Well, I'm a free fucking human, so I don't have to brush my teeth or, you know, I can, you know, eat garlic and then come breathe right in your face. And you love me because I'm a human, right? No, 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 no. Let's not go crazy. Let's, there's still, you know, consideration of your partners. And especially like me, I have super sensitive smell. So a lot of smells can become very overpowering to me. So I'm very sensitive to my own smells like, oh, is my armpit smelled? You know, do I have gas? You know, have I brushed my teeth enough before I kiss somebody? I'm just really obsessed about that because it's sensitive. So we're not saying that part of that freedom is to go and impose your smells on other people. You still, you know, wash yourself and have hygiene, but it means that if worse comes to worse, then we fart in front of each other. Yeah. It's not the end then of the this fucking is human, world that you bleed, that you have a period yeah. that you, we know you're going to bleed during that period. And then we throw down a towel. We fuck in the shower. We're not going to be hung up on those things. Right. And, and that gives so much freedom that gives so much just it's okay to be human. Yeah. You know, in this, I, I hate saying stuff that always makes me sound so traditional and common because I want to be a, you know, not, I want to be very uncommon. But unfortunately for me, when I'm with a partner and we start doing all those things where, you, you know, how you start grooming each other and. Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> are you a pimple popper? Skin. Yes. You, are I you? Can't oh, help God. It. Jesus, you and me, I'm like, literally, I don't know what it is. It's a female primate thing or something. But like literally 70% of all women I have ever dated, like you're just sitting there. You're like, oh, this is nice. And next thing you know, you become a secondary entity to the hunt for a blackhead on my shoulder. You don't understand. As women, no, I we, don't. Are ob- Explain it. we are obsessed with our skin from a young age, whether it's a pimple or a hair or a blackhead. We look into these 10 times magnifying mirrors for all day freaking long, trying to find any little wayward hair or anything that needs to be removed. So when we see it in a partner, especially someone we love or we really like or we're having sex with, and we see how completely oblivious that man is, <laughs> we have to take over because you guys clearly can't be trusted to take care of yourselves. I have a divot in my shoulder <laughs> that is Muse. That is Muse literal blackhead divot. That was a blackhead like four years ago. <laughs> and there's a hole and then like every couple months she goes and works on it and digs her nails and i'm like what are you doing i have to clean out my divot it's her divot in my so shoulder Ew. like what the fuck bro well she's a she's gonna be a doctor all right that's totally hey by the way have you yeah. ever tasted your own cum yes <gasps> yes i have and what? at that moment, 
it was well it was one of those things where you're like all right well i'm supposed to try this if i'm like you know modern not hung up <laughs> liberal man and so i i put a little swab in my mouth and i instantly went i will never insist that a woman swallow my cum again ever <laughs> ever which i wasn't hung up on like if you want to jerk and spit or not even just i'll get i always warn i am a warner I am someone that's like, I'm going to come. If, if I mean, I don't come a lot, but if I do, I'm going to give warning, you know, and if you want to pull it out and finish me off with a herky yerky, that's totally okay. That shit <laughs> is fucking nasty. I don't it know is. what combination <laughs> of what, and I well, know some people love it and I'm just like, that's all you, babe, but I'm not forcing you. Yeah. I mean, I actually wish I did like it. I, I don't hate it. It's not a vile taste to me. I just, I, you know, I don't. There's nothing I like about it. And then I, in that regard, I just don't want it in my mouth. It would make life a whole lot easier if I did like it because it would make me a very desirable partner. Because I guess guys like it when women swallow their cum. Some do. I don't. I don't because if I, I don't want to kiss you afterwards because I don't like the. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be like shallow guy. Then I'm like, ooh, you're defiled. Get away from me. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. But you have no problem. I'm like. If I tasted, which I have, tasted my own cum, would you have a problem with that? Like if what, your partner your tasted, ta if your partner tasted her own cum and then kissed you? Oh no, we do that shit all the time. Like I mean, I eat their yeah. fucking cunt, you know. So <laughs> I'm tasting that. I know? actually so, tasted no. not just myself, but after I had my period too, to see what mm, it would taste like. Yeah, yeah, I'm using to the blood thing. So she's like, I'm, "Oh, it's okay." Yeah. Like, like it's just I blood. fucked her. Like I fucked her when she was on her period and then she went down on me and I'm just looking at her and I'm like, just let her have it. She's, she's well aware of what's going on. And <laughs> yeah. she's like, nah, it wasn't a big deal. Taste irony. She likes blood. Nyang, 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 nyang. <laughs> and I'm like, just, Hey man, that's cool. Cool, bro. But here's, <laughs> let's move away. This, we knew we were going to go gross on I this know. whole thing, which is, which is fun. That's the thing that's also cool is it's fun to be human and to giggle about farting with your partner and whatever. And of course, if it smells, then you make jokes. Oh my God, you're killing me. And there's laughter and it's innocent and it's human and you're not hung up. That is wonderful. Yeah. But another thing that letting go of that, whatever burden anchor, if you're in a relationship that's willing to let go of that, then hopefully that means you're also going to be in a relationship that allows other types of freedoms right? in that relationship that are usually very oppressed, like permission to say no, not just permission to fart, but you also have the permission to say no. You have permission to laugh. You have permission to have an opinion. You have permission to have a feeling, whether it's based in logic or not. But you have that permission as a human being to have a feeling and that that's valid. And then we'll work through the feeling after that. But it's OK to have a feeling. Right. To be messy in a conversation. Where you don't have to worry about the other person getting angry and raging on you because you start with, hey, this is going to be messy and I, I want us to communicate. So don't get angry. This is these. I'm trying to work this out. So let's just be messy and then ask me what I mean instead of just flying off the handle. Do you understand? So I do. So it's it starts with having a good fart together. But once you start shedding 
those things to where you can have that freedom in your relationship. You get to actually just be a human with your partner. And those relationships I found, at least for myself and what I viewed, those relationships last a lot longer. That's very, very true. That's It's a great post. Thank you once again to Zara180 for letting us troll through her, her writings again. Um, I always love hear, reading stuff like that where people have that freedom to say, fuck you to society. That those, those posts always, you know, enliven me. So this was a really great one. Lovers that fart together, stay together. That's so true. We need another button. <laughs> <laughs> no button. <laughs> oh, stop it. Does a pussy taste like eggplant? I just realized that I didn't warn in Potato Mayhem that I have done the Headley interview. <gasps> I had I did it two nights ago. It was absolutely as wonderful and fun and interesting as I thought it would be. He is a fantastic character. I will wow. not share any of that. But we talked for a long time, and so I really want to spend the time to uh, edit that properly so i'm going to put that in for next week i know we said last week that we were going to have headley on this week but it's actually we're going to do it next week now i've said it can you please continue this is an unusual host topic because it was uh written to us in an email and i thought actually i'd like to talk about this because this is a, a really good angle that most of us in 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 any kind of community uh bdsm community may not necessarily be aware of. So this is Michael who wrote to us and said, I love the show. I love you guys. I'd like to see a discussion of an issue that I haven't seen covered much. How a lot of S&M porn helps to make some people uh, kept in an S&M as abuse state instead of celebrating and enjoying our kinks as a way to enjoy our lives more and become more whole. I can't, can't speak for women, obviously, but I've seen this a lot in submissive men. He says, you search out porn for your kink and you see mostly punishment scenes with miserable guilt-ridden men being thrashed by femdoms who are almost always exhibiting disgust and contempt. Now this is a turn on, but without even realizing it, you think that that's the way it's supposed to be in real life. And then you go and visit pro doms and you find that they are usually scripting the scene in the same way. Lots of men who don't come out and find positive friends in the scene stay stuck in this space, and it deepens and intensifies their guilt, driving them further and further underground within themselves because they never experience kink as consensual fun and release. And that can be an internal cycle of abuse that becomes really toxic. I've been there. It took me the longest time to realize that it didn't have to be that way and that it was possible to enjoy submission and pain as a release from guilt and low self-esteem instead of an intensification of both. I'd love to hear your thoughts on all this because so much of what you say on the show has helped me more than I can say. Well, that's very nice. Thank you, Michael. I certainly always appreciate when people tell us that they get something out of our meanderings and ramblings, so that's great. But this topic is really amazing because I, I never watched a lot of porn, I mean, I would watch the occasional stuff. The only reason I never did was because it, it never really got me anywhere. I would be much happier uh, looking at, you know, nudie magazines or fantasizing in my head. And so when I decided to start 
uh, going in researching into the kink community, I found the club right uh, down the street from me, literally. And I dived right in. So I, I felt fortunate later on when I looked back at my life that it, that I did find something so close by and that I started down that path, but it never really occurred to me that somebody who stays underground, like he says, and doesn't really understand that there's more to it than what you see can fuck themselves up because you do think that that's what it is. And degradation and humiliation, I don't know why, but it is a big part of, of a femdom male submissive pornography. And and what people who stay within that and maybe only go to pro doms, which is not a bad thing. I'm mean, this is not a put down on pro doms because pro doms are giving you what you want. You've asked for the the porn experience and they're going to give it to you. But unfortunately, the drawback is that you never actually get to meet real people who are experiencing this and letting it into their lives. And as a result, having discussions about it, going to classes about it, understanding, being told that, that and learning that you need to have discussions after afterwards, you need to do a postmortem, you need to have um, some kind of aftercare, all those things that we take for granted because we learned them is completely lost to the average person who is not delving into the communities instead simply uh, diving into S&M porn. That's a dangerous fucking thing, man. I'm totally with you on this, and I think it was wonderful to come in from this angle of the male submissive and, and the porn, because, of course, I don't think about that much because I don't watch a lot of uh, female-dominant male submissive porn, and I can surely see how that would keep people in that rut so I'm very glad that he spoke specifically to that angle. However, I don't think it's any less common than the entire plight of the kink, BDSM, sex positive, polyamorous, alternative lifestyle community. Our entire community has this problem. Right. To where we are portrayed in porn, we are portrayed in media, we are portrayed in bad erotica, mainstream erotica. And it shows sides of us that don't talk about aftercare. They don't talk about the the meditation place that you go to in a play scene uh, when it doesn't have to be about discipline, when it doesn't have to be about all of the things that you see in kind of the the media exaggeration of the pain and suffering that is kink and BDSM. I think that is the general problem with our whole community is that we don't get the exposure for people to see this is porn and that's hot. That's great. But this is what we really do for those of us that actually love it, where there's not a pay transaction that's going on, where the motivation is the top and the bottom are both there because the payment is the power exchange. The payment is the thing that we are receiving from each other, whether it be intimacy or power exchange or validation or pain and pleasure. That's our only pay. And that's not really talked about. And I was just uh, talking to Leah about this a while ago and how frustrating that is that we know because we've experienced so many relationships that are kinky and all of the fun of negotiating and 
figuring out our partners and all the lessons that I had no idea of really before I got into the lifestyle. What a ripoff. How hard it is because we're there's such great information. It's it's literally a life changing event and nobody gets to hear it. Yeah. Because we're bu- we're busy selling bullshit and most of the media articles that come out the first thing they do is they go and find a professional dominatrix and and then they have the femdom there and all her dominatrixy looking stuff and then there's male submissives crawling around i've literally seen like 20 of these mm-hmm. and that's our representation so i think this is not just in what our poster is having a conflict i think this is in general the problem that we have with our entire community it's very true i mean a couple of weeks ago Creative Explorer and I were playing and and uh, he was fucking me and I was fighting him and I was complaining and he just got tired of listening to me and just said, shut up. <laughs> so I'm like, fine. I clamped down, didn't say anything because I was in total subby mode. And afterwards we, uh, you know, he did what he normally does. He gets on the bed. He says, come here, let's cuddle. He pets me and, and we have fun and we talk and it's really great. If he hadn't done that, then he would just be the asshole who told me to shut up. And I'd be like, fuck you, motherfucker. I didn't take that from anybody. <laughs> I don't need no man. <laughs> you can't hold my thunder. <laughs> you don't own me. I don't need no man telling me what to do. <laughs> and so one is abusive and horrible. And the other is utterly charming. And I love it. So that's fucking night and day. And and that's one of the hardest things, like you say, to get the average person to understand who isn't into BDSM in any form that, that this is, it's not what you see in porn. Porn is a, they're play acting and they're putting on a a scene and, and it's, it's for a very specific purpose. And so, and I thought it was great that Matthew wrote to us because he's absolutely right. Not that that's not something I have a lot of experience with because when I've topped guys, I, I don't use a lot of humiliation and degradation, but I've seen those, you know, some of that porn, it's, uh, it, it really is. Um, if you're looking at that and thinking that, that, that that's the way it is that these, these women are just hateful and, and you just have to take it and then slink away. Um, you're in for a lot of trouble because that can fuck you up in the head, man. That can really mess with, with your sense of who you are. If you don't come down off of that, if you don't have someone who afterwards talks to you and, and reinforces what a good person you are and that that was I, you either did it for for cathartic reasons you did it for sexual reasons because it was a, you know titillating you did it for whatever reason but in the end you're a really great person if you don't have that bringing you back down to earth and, and all you have is continual sessions where someone is telling you how horrible you are i just shudder to think what you're, you're going to be what that person is going to be like after a few years well and even if you don't stick with something like that. Like you're like, I'm not getting out what I really want. It's just so sad because that part of you that wants something is never going to be satisfied because you don't know that anything else exists. And so you're going to go away. Like we've had so many people and they have a bad first experience and they go away and there's no way to know. There's no way to hear unless they get into like FetLife and the groups and they hear all the stories and the testimonials and things like that. There's not a lot of places to go that talk about, hey, those are bad situations. 
what you see in that porno is fantasy and it's a very niche type of person that likes that most people like this it really just i don't know i'm just sometimes i get really frustrated because i really do think we have the power to help people discover themselves and to help their families understand why their family members are kinky and what they get out of it because the families only see what they see in tv and so they're like, you're into that? Yeah. That's exactly. what you're curious about? And then there's all that shame and judgment and oppression on that from your fucking family. Right. So it just, I don't know. I just continually, I hear stories like this, and it is true. I just, I wish we had a better reach. That's true. And thank you very much for writing to us. That was very brave. I, I appreciate him putting some, himself out there like that. There's a place where a family of perverts dwell, so let's shoot the shit with Aki and a garbage can Mel. Discord is a place us freaks call home. Now then, of course, Mel is probably going to giggle a lot. <laughs> and I just want us to be prepared that that is okay. <laughs> It is okay for Mel to run off into her giggle spasms, and it is okay for Aki to run into her kind of slutty fantasy thinking, because sometimes when Aki speaks, she goes off into that, like, I'm thinking about dick voice, you know? And I love that. So I want you to know, the listeners love that. So we are now ready. Are you guys ready to talk about Discord? I believe so. (laughs) Okay. That's not the optimism that the listeners need. I will ask it again. Are you ready to talk about Discord? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, perverted podcast listeners, it is true. We have Aki and Garbage Can Mel here to talk about some of the stuff that's going on in Discord. We've been away for a little while. We're back. But what's great is the Discord group has actually been going really, really strong. How many members is the Perverted Podcast Discord group up to? Yeah, we're like 278 now. 278. For the people in Perverted Podcast land that aren't on the Discord, which is like three people apparently because everyone else is on the Discord, what has Discord meant to you guys during the shutdown is what I really want to talk about. Oh my god, the Discord keeps me sane, yet insane. It's (laughs) crazy how much people have literally just come together and just like, I just need to vent and talk, and it's a a nice little family. I love it. Yeah, it's it's kind of my kinky uh, group of friends. I I don't really have a everyday life group of people that I can talk to other than Sir, you know. So it really means a lot to me. That is actually magnificent, and surely the type of thing that was... The goal of Perverted Podcast when we started was to create a place that people that don't have big communities can go to. And it's just funny how our mission has now taken this other weird turn because of the... And by the way, we don't call it a pandemic anymore. Uh, We call it Super Happy Dappy Fluffy Time. Super Happy Dappy Fluffy Time. Everything's fine. You guys didn't hear it, but trust me, it was fucking amazing (laughs) so during super happy dappy fluffy time it's actually been more crucial to have something like the discord where people can come together like you guys are talking about and i just want to thank you guys really for just championing that and keeping that going because so many people now rely on it i've heard from so many other 
Perverted Podcast listeners that are on the Discord group. Which, by the way, Aki, how does somebody get on the Discord group if they are not? Oh, all you have to do is get to the link. It's available on the website, pervertedpodcast.com. Or you can go through the FetLife group, and it's actually sticky noted to the top. Now then, we've talked about Discord, the entity. I want to get into some of the shit you guys talk about in Discord. Because I got a list from you, and I got to say, we got to start with the cougar roleplay thing. (laughs) Now then, of course, we all talk about roleplays, and I'm very big into roleplay, and we talk a lot about it on the show. But you guys have been talking about some roleplays. Please explain the cougar, like student cougar roleplay thing. What is this? Oh, so... The normal thing you hear is young school girl, old teacher, kinky fun times because they need a good grades. Well, a lot of people now are just going back to school. What if you had a young student TA, barely 25, who's just helping out? Kid needs a good grade. Kid is not a kid. It is a 45-year-old woman coming in, needing to suck a dick to get an A. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) That is awesome. Um, But just, I know you guys are young, but... Cougar is technically older than 45. Oh, that's old for me. I'm sorry. Oh, my God, you fucking children. I swear to God. (laughs) But it is kind of a cool idea. And some people might not even think about that, you know, when they're in their relationship to have that kind of role play. But it is awesome. Yes, absolutely. Why wouldn't an older man or woman uh, who is in school trying to get a good grade get off the instructor? That is absolutely a credible way to get a grade as far as I'm concerned. I'll do whatever it means to get an A. That is the type of enthusiasm that we like on this show, Aki. (laughs) God damn it. So let me ask you a question jumping off of this topic. Have you guys ever had any big age differences where, well, you guys aren't that old, but have you guys had any partners that were significantly younger than you? like 18 who kind of gave me a scare saying oh i'm 17 and i'm like no 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 (laughs) just for legal purposes on perverted podcast aki did go and check the identification of that young person and find out that they were of a legal age right aki oh several times i even asked for a birth certificate after that one (laughs) (laughs) so how old were you when you played with the 18 year old I was 27 at the time. Don't actually, no, 28. 28. So a 10-year difference. Not bad. Not bad. Not in Count Boogie, you know, not in the Count Boogie League of age gaps, but definitely pretty good. Did you enjoy playing with somebody younger? Was there a difference between playing with someone your own age or playing with someone older? Well, the only person I've played near my age group is Unger, and he's older than Dirt. (laughs) That's true. It was nice... It was nice with him. It was very much like, oh, I'm new to everything, and I love experiencing new things with new people. So it was fun exploring, well, my mommy role, actually. Very, very cool. Mel, have you done an age gap with them younger? Uh, No, I I really don't have that much experience with other people. I've only been with Sir, and we've been together since we were in high school. So (laughs) I didn't know that! Yeah, we just had our 17th anniversary on Thursday. It Look, we're both Aki and I are like, oh, that's just (laughs) so precious and so totally (laughs) weird and not happening in normal society. (laughs) You're like a fucking alien of sex. That's that's awesome and weird. So high school. Yeah. And you guys still talk. Uh, Yeah. 
Yeah, and they're we trying new things and they're exploring their kinky life. Yes, we are. Oh, it's <laughs> like, how does that even happen? <laughs> well, you should write a book. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this, actually. <laughs> I, We're I think in that's. Awe. I think I am in awe. I think that's pretty goddamn cool. So, okay, let's move on here. You guys had a couple. I want to get to this one because this is something I actually, with my lovers, I don't think I've ever had this conversation where they've had a situation becoming irritated when orgasming. Oh, well, that was actually something that I brought up. Yeah, it's happened to me a few times. Uh, This last time it was... um, kind of sir just pounced on me basically and i don't i guess i wasn't in the right headspace and i was just trying to navigate through that after the fact and talking to the folks on discord they, they kind of helped me figure things out and and that's another one of those things that you know the discord's good for so what exactly happened so you were kind of not in the right headspace you pushed through you had the orgasm so was it some type of what was the feeling after the orgasm well like the feeling afterwards was like it was like a nebulous kind of irritated feeling and i couldn't put my finger on it but i think it was you know the combination of the headspace and and i was frustrated because i felt like i wasn't getting anywhere because he was going down on me and uh i just wasn't getting anywhere with that and then he pulled out the hitachi and i don't know if it was this the intensity of the hitachi or what but it was like it felt forced and then after that it was just her you know so you got it so you literally got just pissed off yeah and it wasn't even it wasn't even at anyone it was just in you know i don't i I couldn't really put my finger on it aki have you had that experience yeah i've had something similar but it was a little bit different in that i was the one who instigated and i wanted it but for some reason after the whole thing happened i was just pissed that i had the orgasm and i couldn't figure out if it was because it just happened too soon because I tend to fight my orgasms period or if it was just because my brain went no even though I instigated it it it's weird and also Unger has seen me full-on go into tears after an orgasm and not know why I was basically bawling on the bed even though I enjoyed it so I'm guilty of that too the bodies are weird From what I hear, now I'm just listening, I listened to both your stories, and and from what I heard that there, in both cases, there was some sort of self-headspace issue with this, that, you know, with with Mel, it was kind of forced, and and she was getting maybe a little frustrated that the oral wasn't getting her out of the, 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 whatever, the slump or frustration, and then with yours, it was a similar kind of situation where there was something that you didn't feel your brain was cooperating with you? Yeah, it was like a, a crossing of the brain waves going, yes, I want this, but not this way. You're not doing it the right way in my brain, apparently. Okay, well, that makes absolute sense. And I have heard those things from lovers where after sex or some type of activity, there's maybe some frustration because it just didn't go you know how you would hope that a sexual encounter would go so what would you say would be something that you could do differently to approach that next time well for me i think it um would just be trying to focus on redirecting that headspace um i do that anyway when i start to feel like i'm not you know in the right place i try to redirect but you know i guess sometimes it just kind of can't be avoided and uh maybe maybe slowing down 
and and you know trying to move towards letting go and, and being okay with the the experience and just experiencing the pleasure i guess and not focusing on the end result I think that's fantastic advice. Also, I would add on the possibility of informing your partner that you were in your... Because I've had my partners do that a lot. I always try to create that environment as best I can. It doesn't always work. But a lot of times, you know, especially Mew uh, can be like, hey, I'm not in the right headspace right now. Or, or Bunny has done it uh, before as well, too. And so just being able to tell that to your partners, even sometimes just taking a little pause... And knowing that everyone's on the same page and it's okay, we we throw the expectations out. Sometimes you can have a different result that's more positive. I agree. And I know that us being a a fairly new dynamic, we still have, you know, even though we're a long term relationship, we still have, you know, those those hang ups about, you know, uh, I shouldn't say something or maybe I should just muscle through it kind of thing. Or, you know, just, just conveying, well, from my part anyway, just conveying what I want is hard. Um, I don't know. It's it's something I struggle with and it's something I'm trying to work on, which I guess we all should. I think that's a fantastic thing that you're working on it. And I think it's a fantastic thing that you have a long-term partner that you've had since high school. <laughs> And now you're discovering all these new things and improving. That is that is weird to me. <laughs> another lesson that I want to talk about that you had here on the list that actually Unger helped teach somebody. Because you know when Unger has to school someone that it's going to be creative. Almost uh, always when Unger has a lesson, it's going to be in some weird fucked up way. And I think this is no different. So the scenario you painted for me was... Being flexible with your expectations. So it was a situation where someone came in, and I'm not going to say you described them as shooting their mouth off. They were shooting their mouth off. Why don't you go ahead and finish that story? We let people come over to our place, especially when we know that they live alone and they need some kind of company. So we let them come, and we're very open in regards to like, hey, whatever you think of anything, everything, it's a safe space. Well, we seem to attract brats and mm-hmm. this particular person <laughs> decided to open their mouth and go, oh, I've tried that before. I'm okay with everything. To which me and Unger just look at each other and go, oh, really? What what have you tried? They're like, oh, waterboarding is okay. And like, okay, so we'll do waterboarding. They're like, yeah, that sounds great. With fish sauce. The look in their eyes... The, the saucers that came from them. They're like, what? Like, yeah, with, next time we'll do it with fish sauce. You said you've done it before and it's okay. And we sat them down. We talked because this is how Unger and I are. We tend to go with what we like to call genie logic. And genies weren't the nice people who granted wishes. They granted your wish, but it usually came at a consequence. And inform them, hey, be flexible. You may have done this with other people or you may have never done it before, but be flexible with your expectations. Don't think that you've done this six million days with just one person. It's going to be the same with the other. It can vary from time to time. Um, though I now need to get a bunch of fish sauce because I want to do this. I am totally <laughs> in on that because at first it sounded like just a fish sauce waterboarding. And right now I'm looking at it written down. Fish sauce. Wait a minute. You're talking about drowning somebody with fish sauce. That's amazing I mean- and fucked up. <laughs> we'll keep noodles underneath and then we'll have like t- 
Thai noodles after or something. It won't waste it. <laughs> All right, good, good. I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> liking the Thai noodles on top of it. But it is so true because, and here's the thing, and we've talked about this on the show uh, plenty of times, surely in the past, maybe not recently, but I try to hold back when somebody usually new shoots off their mouth and tells you that they've experienced what they've experienced, but they don't know what else is out there. They don't know how deep the rabbit hole goes. So they kind of flip off and they, oh, I have no limits or whatever. And I try to avoid that desire to be a dick and say something like, oh, well, so I can cut off your arm, dummy. You know, I try to avoid that because I understand the ignorance when people come in. But it is true. You have to sit down with people and let them know just because this is your limit and this is the limit of what you see as a possibility that there is always something more weird, more fucked up, more heinous and more edgy than you've probably even conceived. And even me, I've been in the lifestyle 12 years. I still hear shit that I'm like, wow, (laughs) that that is a. That is a new th- that's a new thing that I did not know humans were into. So I think uh, throwing the fish sauce waterboarding was a really good middle ground. And, and do you think it had the effect you wanted? I think so. And then it also came down to like they've done rope with hunger, which is a whole different animal from doing the almost exact same tie with me. Right. And it also helped relate that it really does vary from person to person and probably just solidified how fucked up the both of us are. (laughs) (laughs) How contrast. So wait a minute. So are you saying that you're the good cop and Unger's the bad cop? No, everyone thinks I am and they hide behind me like I'm going to protect them from Unger when I'm the one they should be scared of. (laughs) Excuse me. You just step to the right and you're like, "Ah, here you go, ogre. I want to watch. Get the bear trap. Or he just turns around, looks at me, and they look at my face and it's like the Cheshire cat. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, "How? why do I come to this house? Because they mess with you. (laughs) That is wonderful. Okay, last thing I wanted to ask about before we move on with our silly little lives and the super happy dappy fluffy time. This looks funny. Is this a situation that actually happened where all the interaction that we do on the internet now because of super happy dappy fluffy time, the neighbors hearing you in your internet play. We've heard a lot about people talking where, oh, the neighbors heard me fucking my partner, blah, blah, blah. Police called. Great fun ensues. But now, are people getting caught zooming? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So can we talk about that? (laughs) This particular member, they have a long-distance relationship, even before super happy, fluffy (laughs) times. Close enough. Um, But apparently they were doing something quite loudly (laughs) to themselves. And the neighbors are very concerned. And it's fantastic. And I just... And when we just had to go down the rabbit hole of what if they, if the cops came in, broke down your door because you were just, your headphones were on and there was so loud and they just see you bent over like spanking yourself. (laughs) (laughs) That would be amazing. And I'm sure it's happened. I'm absolutely sure it had out of the millions of people 
that now it's true because a lot of people are doing self-play. We're talking about doing it with some of our listeners. Hint, 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 hint. And of course, if I'm like, go in the kitchen and grab a spatula and we're going to beat the <laughs> shit out of you with it. That would be amazingly loud. Yes, and some of our walls are not as thick as we think they are. <laughs> oh, that is so true. <laughs> Sorry, neighbors. <laughs> Have you guys ever been caught by neighbors? Or had neighbors knock on the next the door the next day? I have. Well, my neighbors are in their their long dead corpses. I live next to a graveyard, so I uh, don't really have trouble with them. <laughs> oh, can you please do something to wake the dead? You have to be loud enough to <laughs> wake the dead. That is amazing. That is amazing. You live next to a cemetery. You can yeah. fuck all you want. <laughs> Maybe I should take a picture out there for the uh, Instagram. I think that's Enigma would love that. I'm sure he would. I, I'm into. <laughs> yes, little, please. Little booby, little booby flash uh, next to a grave, huh? <laughs> oh, man, that Give might the stiff a thrill. That might be arranged, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to know that in this first time that we've all gotten together for the Discord segment that you guys are, in fact, corrupt, vile perverts. Uh, of course. I, think I don't this, know what you're talking about. I'm I think innocent. this is going to be okay. I think we did pretty good. You guys did a great job for the first segment. And we're going to get back to the show and let you guys get back to the Discord. Once again, Aki, if people want to get on the Discord, where do they go? All they need to do is go to pervertedpodcast.com or find the sticky on our FetLife page. Sounds fantastic. We'll see you guys in the Discord. And... <laughs> <laughs> show 277 we only knew you for a short time but it was fun while it lasted please visit us on patreon.com forward slash perverted podcast and consider donating five bucks if you give a fuck and as always write to me and boogie at perverted podcast at gmail.com is that it that's it man we got nothing else that's it well i would surely like to thank uh aki and garbage can mel for doing a great job being nervous and uh, pulling stuff together for the Discord. I think we're going to continue to have a lot of fun. Very excited. Any questions, comments, obviously pervertedpodcast at gmail.com and go to pervertedpodcast.com and see all the new amazing stuff that we have on this. Well, okay, maybe not amazing, but there's some new shit, you know, on that the site. Is. And and don't forget to go to uh, the Perverted Podcast group on FetLife because I believe Boogie has started another erotica challenge. Well, after you got so many fan emails. Uh, One. From the, no, two. <laughs> you got two. Okay, two. <laughs> we should just stop now. Yeah. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs> Hide in the shadows till the time is right to strike Lust perverts the morals, clouds the scales of wrong and right I drop the candlestick, blood is pumping wild You can hide the corpse, but the guilt will stay alive And I'm serving tea to the devil Sips her chardonnay, faces like a stone. To 
ciphers my demeanor To conclude the job is done Just like a wounded child seeks refuge at her breast When Medusa's love Because I passed a little test And I'm serving tea to the devil The door breaks down, she points at me Deflects her guilt of evil deeds Please fall for this double cross And as they chain me down My heart is broke and my soul is lost The web of tearful lies she spun up at my trial Slapped a guilty verdict across my face in just a while This rope around my neck is payment for my crime Just before the door drops, I see your wicked smile Now I'm serving tea to the devil Yes, I'm serving tea to the devil Have some sugar if you please, Mr. Devil 